welcome to the Collective Leadership Podcast by the Metro District. I'm Kim Valenzuela, and I'll be guiding our conversations together as we explore spaces for leaders to discover, collaborate, and prepare together for God's work in the world. This podcast will be part of a series that we will be doing from the Metro District office, not only for the churches and pastors, leaders in the Metro District, but it is for all leaders around the world who are looking to impact their communities with spirit-led leadership and kingdom values for multi-ethnic, multicultural expressions of the gospel. We will be doing this podcast on a monthly basis with various leaders from around our district. Kelvin Walker will be with us as our host. Kelvin is a dynamic leader who has served in various leadership expressions. He was the worship pastor of Allegheny Center, a large multicultural church in Pittsburgh. He was the campus pastor of Nyack College. He served as the lead pastor of Bedford Community Church, seeing a congregation move from a suburb monocultural church community to a multi-ethnic church body in Westchester County. He was the president of the African American Association of Churches of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, and now he is the district superintendent of the Metro District, overseeing over 125 churches, and he was just voted as the corporate vice president of the Alliance. We've been planning and preparing a lot for this podcast because it's been so important for you to use communication as a means to implement the mission and the vision of the district and to make sure we're all on the same page with the way in which we communicate. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, part of the reason why we're not able to accomplish vision and mission and uh, see core values become part of the DNA of any organization or any group uh, is because of lack of communication, consistent communication, not just, uh, hey, something's changed, let me talk to you about it. But as we move along, here's how we're seeing this vision play out. Here's how we're seeing this mission play out. Here's the way in which we see the core values of our, uh, our group being embedded in the things that are happening all around the district. And so while we're talking about it from the perspective of our district, I think for any organization or any group, communication is so key to implementation. If you don't communicate well and consistently, uh, it's going to be hard to implement what it is that you want to do. And I've learned this the hard way, so I'm, I'm seeing the benefit of it, and hope, I'm glad that we're making the changes that we're making for communication. One of the changes has just been you and I working together so closely within this area of communication. Yeah, yeah. It's been a new role for me and had its uh, great exciting things, but also many challenges. Yeah, I think the challenges come because we, I mean, just as we've worked together, we're from different generations. We're from different cultural backgrounds. We're from different areas of the country. We've lived in different places. Uh, we've had different church experiences. Right. And so all of those things have played into um, the challenge of making sure that we're communicating well. But I also look at it and say those things have played into the joy of making sure that we communicate well because uh, there are things that I would have said one way that right. because of <laughs> your background and your experiences and, quite frankly, your generation, um, you've helped me to see now that really should be said a different way. But I think there's also been times when I've been able to challenge you in, yes. in saying, I, I get what you're saying, but, but here's what we want to accomplish. And so that's been uh, that dance of working together 
um, has been has been very good. Right. I think that it can't be stressed enough the differences of the backgrounds that we come from. Yeah. I mean, growing up for myself in the rural South and you in the more urban setting of Long Island in the metropolitan area of New York, um, and then also just our cultural differences and generational differences as myself as a millennial. Um, I won't even a, suggest what, what generation that you might be from. I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> um, but it's been so enriching to myself to grow as a leader also, to hold with you what is the vision that we're aiming for and mm-hmm. how are the best not only means of communication but also how we say what we say matters. Yeah. And it matters to communicate in such a way that people from all cultural backgrounds, not just ours growing up in a only American mindset, but also we're representing a district that has people um, from all over the world, that we're a very multi-ethnic, multicultural district. Yes, yeah. And, and I think the, the opportunity before us in the way we communicate, how we move forward, is to have a district that um, celebrates and enjoys that diversity and that, that those different cultural expressions that we have. Because um, the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of mono-thinking, mono-cultural ways of doing things. Uh, the kingdom of God is, is quite diverse. In fact, the, the picture from, of Revelation 7 that, uh, that we often talk about uh, as a group, as we're sitting around uh, strategizing for the district, that picture of, of people from every tongue, tribe, and nation, that's a picture of the kingdom. And I don't think that, there, that while there's a unified message, I don't think they're giving that message in a unified way. There's a diverse way in which they're expressing salvation belongs to our God. And so we want to be able to uh, express the beauty of that diversity. Uh, communication is a key part of that. Right. And you always bring back to the table that that multi-ethnic, multicultural expression expressed in Revelation is not just for the end times of the kingdom, but you're bringing it right here and now into our leadership team, into our table settings, and saying we have to be reflecting this now. Yeah. The kingdom of God is not yet, but the kingdom of God is now. Uh, That tension of the now and the not yet is something that we live in. But I think we get so caught up in the not yet and the picture of the not yet and longing for the not yet that we lose sight of the fact that uh, Jesus said uh, to pray, your kingdom come, your kingdom, uh, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So there are pictures and pieces and uh, ex- expressions of the kingdom that we can be experiencing and encountering now. And we want to, we want to do that. So why a podcast? Well, we do newsletters. I send out updates via email, but we are in a very transient, moving society, and people listen while they're on their way to somewhere else. A lot of time is spent in the car. A lot of time is spent walking. In our area in particular, a lot of time is spent on public transportation, and this is where people get work done. And so uh, giving them an opportunity to stay connected with the communication while they are on the way is very important. Mm, Such a good point. Learning, engaging, on the go. One of the things that I think is vital to how we can connect with our people at this time. Yeah, we get this idea that people are going to sit down and open up email. They They have time to read our newsletters. Some people will. 
But most in this day and age don't have that kind of time. So let's catch people where they are. Awesome. So as you stepped into leadership here at the district, you brought in a clear mission statement for what we do and values that support how we do it. But you waited on casting the vision. I mean, Leadership 101 often trains us to cast vision and call people to follow it. Why did you flip the script here and and do things differently? I thought it was important to build the foundation for what it was that we were called to do. I thought it was important to build the foundation for why. What is the purpose behind it? That helps in getting people together on a clear, this is where we're headed. But the vision is something that I wanted to be caught and shared by everyone. And so I, I thought coming in with a vision that I got versus a vision that we get together based on the what and the why uh, seemed seem more important to me. Mm. One of the things that you had us do was, was bring a think tank together. What was the importance and significance of that think tank uh, to the vision process? The think tank represented people from different age groups, different genders, uh, different cultural backgrounds. What we wanted to do was make sure we were capturing, in as much as we could, the diversity, the uh, different thought patterns, the the different age groups in our district, so that when we cast this vision, when we give that vision statement, we would have taken into consideration the multiplicity of thinking and ideas in our district. Also, if we're talking about building a collaborative network, coming to the place where we have a collaborative team working on a unified vision just speaks of the, the type of atmosphere we're trying to create within the district. Beautiful. For myself, you know, participating in the district, one of the key differences that I saw in the way you led us through the vision process is that rather than being a come and follow me and what I am doing, it's like you opened a door for all of us to enter into collectively what is our vision together for what God is doing and how we are each contributing, as you said, collaboratively to that vision. And so it was really significant to be able to be part of that process. Well, and I think everyone that was a part of the process, kind of, I've heard the same response. Thanks for opening the door. Thanks for hearing our voice. There's something to be said for that. Now, I'm a, I'm a team person. I believe that uh, we move forward as a team. Every team has a leader, and so uh, you got to have someone at the helm calling the shots. But even at that, uh, the team has to know that they have a voice. They have to know that they can speak into the process when the shots are being called. Awesome. It really models that, that you're not the one doing everything, that everyone is contributing in their own way. Hmm. Yeah. And I think it's good for the team. Another aspect of the process was it was important for you that the vision statement was built on our history. For others leaders looking to set vision, why is history critical to a vision for the future? History is critical, at least from my point of view. History is critical because history speaks of the DNA, the founding of an organization. And I think sometimes as times have changed and as as methods and progress and all of those things happen, uh, we can lose the DNA of why we were founded. My experience, my thought, is that DNA doesn't change. Methods change. Times change. 
the way you do what you do changes. That has to. Otherwise, you get stuck in a time that is no more. But the DNA still brings you back to the what and the why. And so that's, that's been a very big piece of why we continue to go back and look at our history. So for the Metro District, we have a long-standing history. We go back to the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. For other organizations or specifically for other churches that are starting and feel more recent to their current time, how might you suggest they look at their DNA? I think coming back to asking this question, why did we come to a place of existence in the first place? What was it about the unique calling, reason, mission for which we believe God called us into existence? That's where your DNA is. The things that he calls you to do may shift as times change, but he reminds you of your DNA. And we see this all throughout Scripture, particularly as the children of Israel are crossing into the promised land. There's this, you know, the whole, the whole thing that Moses kept saying to them is, remember, remember. And even before they stepped in the promised land, Joshua, as their new leader, remember, let's get these stones. These are remembrance stones to remind us of our DNA, remind us of what God has done, remind us that we're his people. Now, when they stepped in, They had to do things differently, but there was always that call to remember. Beautiful. I love the way that connects to the phrase that you're using so often with us here at the district office, which is, we've never walked this way before. Hmm. And you're taking us in a new way of walking, but yet it's still remembering where God has brought us from. Yeah. And so I think that's a good illustration to the vision statement uh, and the process that you brought us through. Now for the big reveal. What is that vision statement? The vision statement is this. The Metro District, transformed by all of Jesus for all people. That statement is so short, uh, but packed with significance of the history and the future for the church. Let's unpack each of those elements. So starting with the Metro District, how do you see the identity of the Metro District? And why was it important for you to include that into the vision statement? Well, at least for us, our movement is made up of districts throughout all of the United States. And each of those districts, while we all have the same DNA, each of those districts have a different identity and a different purpose for the region in which they're located. We're located in the metropolitan New York, New Jersey area. We cover the five boroughs. We cover several counties in Westchester and Rockland. We cover Long Island. We cover all of New Jersey. So from New York to Philly, in essence, that is who we are. And so it was important to identify who we are by having that phrase, the Metro District. Beyond the geography of where we're located, what are those intangibles of how you see the identity of the Metro District? Well, we are diverse Uh, not only racially and culturally, we are diverse generationally. We are diverse uh, gender, male, female. Uh, That's who we are, and that's that's why in our mission statement, we say we are a Christ-centered, Acts 1-8 family, but we are multi-generational, multicultural 
diverse group of people. And so that's our identity. This is what makes up the Metro District. Another part that's significant to the identity is the churches and leaders, that as the Metro District, we're not just for the church as an institution, but we're also not just for the leaders as individuals. Can you talk a little bit about how we serve both communities? Yeah, if we're not building into our leaders, then it's going to be pretty clear it's going to show out in the kinds of churches that we have. So we want to make sure that we are connecting with our official workers and their families, but we also want to make sure that what we do and build into them is seen in the churches that they lead. But those churches also need uh, something from the district. They need contact with the district. They need to know that they're part of a bigger family. And so we want healthy leaders and healthy churches, which is all part of the identity of who we are. So the next part is transformed by all of Jesus. What is this transformation you are envisioning? And what does it mean by all of Jesus? Transformation, I think... Uh, you know, I'm looking at Paul and what he says in Romans 12, uh, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, be changed from the inside out so that, you know, be, being changed from the inside out by a renewing of your mind. If there's anything that I think we lose sight of when it comes to the gospel is that Jesus didn't just come to save our souls. Jesus came to transform us. We stop often at just getting a person saved and on their way to heaven. And yet Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. He modeled the gospel of the kingdom, which I submit to you was a holistic gospel. It wasn't just about the soul for eternity. It's about the life that we live now. And if we can get our churches and our leaders to capture that, then we not only help to preach a holistic gospel, which is part of our DNA, part of our founding, we live out a holistic gospel as we are trying to reach the neighborhoods and the communities and the towns and the cities that we're a part of. When you think of that holistic transformation that Jesus brought in in his time and that we are called to bring in into our time, what are the, some of the issues or, or areas of society that you believe that we can transform as a people, that we can see transformed in the future that we're facing today? Well, one example, when we think of the issue of issues of justice and mercy, we, we live in a highly politicized society. And I think we look to politics to be the deciding factor when it comes to justice and when it comes to mercy. But I don't think that's where God comes from. I think there is a biblical call, a biblical mandate. We see it in Micah that we are to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. It is a part of the whole meaning of the, the word chesed in the Hebrew, in Irene, in the Greek. It's bringing people to a place where they are well and whole, body, soul, and spirit, but also societally. And we stop short of pushing into that because we get into these debates that divide us from a political standpoint. It doesn't change the fact that God calls his people to be people of justice and mercy. So that's just one example that I'm thinking of. And talk about how it's by all of Jesus. Uh, why uniquely that phrase, all of Jesus? That phrase, again, getting back to the holistic gospel, 
all of who Jesus is, is what's important in bringing about transformation. We're not just bringing Jesus to the soul for salvation. We're bringing Jesus to the soul for wholeness, completely, inside out. We, we talk about Jesus being our healer. Many times we stop at the fact that he is our healer for the physical body. But we don't go far enough and say he's also our healer for what's going on with us emotionally and what's going on with us spiritually. That's all of Jesus. He doesn't just care about one part of our lives. He cares about all, the totality of our lives. And he is the one who is sufficient for the totality of all of our lives. How does all of Jesus relate to the history of the CMA? It's part of our founding. I mean, at the beginning of our, uh, the founding of, of our movement, one of the things that moved our founder, A.B. Simpson, was that uh, there were Italian immigrants coming into New York City. He was ministering to them. They were getting connected with the gospel. They were being transformed by the gospel. He wasn't just ministering to their soul for eternity. He was meeting the practical needs of their lives for now. And the church where he was pastoring did not want him to bring these immigrants into the church. And so basically he said, well, then I'm going to go to them. And so that's part of our DNA. That's, that's, that's a part of our founding. That's a part of our history, that it's not just about seeing people being saved for eternity, but it's about the holistic transformation that, that Christ wants to bring even now. Amazing. And finally, for all peoples, this is a very intentional conclusion. What is the intent of this conclusion for the vision statement, for all peoples? The gospel is not just for a certain group. In fact, when you look at the book of Revelation, you see around the throne people from every tongue, tribe, and nation, which means that it wasn't just a certain group of people, but Jesus came for all. Whatever place you, you're from, whatever country you're a part of, whatever nation you're a part of, Christ came to transform all of you. And Christ calls all us to be a part of seeing all of you, all of the, the wholeness of a person from every tongue, tribe, and nation transformed. And it also speaks to the fact that in the kingdom, there is a place for everyone, that no one is excluded. So when you look at that phrase, it doesn't just capture a missiology out there. It also captures a missiology here around us. Is that Am I right. understanding that correctly? Right. It's not just for there. It is also for here. And we live in a time and an age in our country where we are sending people out to minister the gospel in other places. But just as we're sending people out to minister in other places, God is sending people in. And every tongue, tribe, and nation is here as well as there. And we are not to neglect the here because of there. It is a both and. It is not an either or. Well, and that's where it also ties back to those pieces that you mentioned earlier regarding transformed. When we look at uh, immigrants and immigration and socioeconomic statuses that are sometimes divided, even mm -hmm. when the people are right here among us, mm -hmm. it often seems easier to go to them when they're over there and harder to reach them when they're here among mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. uh, so I love that, that you're tying those together. And I also would add to that for all people's 
at least as I'm thinking about it and looking at it, it helps us understand that we think about them, but God wants to use them to also reach us. It is not an us or them. It is all of us. And just as we are concerned about those who are coming here, we also need to be in a posture of receiving because we don't know it all. There's so much of Jesus to know. And if we are only closed in our box because of our own cultural viewpoint, there's so much of Jesus that we miss. And so it's time for us to realize viewing Jesus through many cultural eyes enriches us and grows us. And that's the kingdom. Yeah. A posture of collective learning from all people, for all leaders, from all leaders, not just from each other, from ourselves. So here are my key takeaways of all that you've shared with us. One is that collective vision, it prepares us to lead together. That as we establish vision collectively in the way in which you modeled for us, that it prepares us to lead together into this and to take uh, not just ownership, but to collaborate together for a shared vision. Mm -hmm. And another key takeaway that I'm taking away is a vision statement is not just for the future. It's also building on the foundations of our DNA, of what God has done in us is part of what he's preparing to do through us. Right. You have to know where you've come from in order to know where you're going. And you don't look back to get caught in the back. It's not like you're moving forward with your, with your eyes set on the rearview mirror. But you glance in the rearview mirror so that you're aware of what has been behind you. And, but you, you, you look forward through the dashboard and the windshield so that you know what's ahead for you. Beautiful. Any other parting words for our listeners? Um, we do this together. That's the whole idea of a collective, collaborative movement. We do it together. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to Collective Leadership by the CMA Metro District. We hope that you've been challenged to lead well together. 